cheers to that one woman who is sitting watching the pillow fighting with no expression on her face whatsoever. <laughs> She's the hero we need and reflects what we were all thinking and feeling in that moment. So cheers to that lady. Cheers to that lady. Cheers to that, a Bachelor franchise podcast. It's a podcast dedicated to exploring the big stories and questions that only a cultural touchstone like The Bachelor can inspire. I'm Stephanie Jackson. And I'm Josh Jackson. Grab a drink and a bingo card and join us on Cheers to That. All right, so not a lot of interesting drinking going on uh, this episode, but there's a very, very obvious cocktail to tie to the Peter season, and it's baffling me why it took me this long to remember this is the pre-prohibition classic aviation because hey did you know that peter is a pilot this is the first i've heard of this i was surprised too but anyway there's there's a cocktail called the aviation you're gonna love this if you like aromatic complex but still kind of light and refreshing cocktails if you go to our show notes there's a link to the info on there i like all of these things including our show notes Well, this season seems to have established a pattern. Um, It's a new year. The producers seem to have taken a leaf out of uh, Marie Kondo's The Life-Changing Art of Tidying Up. They've conmarried everything uh, extraneous in the show that does not spark joy for them, I guess. That Um, includes half the cast, apparently. And yes, and they have minimized it down to focusing on just one group date, one one-on-one date, and a whole lot of drama. So I I, I don't hate it, but uh, it's definitely streamlined. It, it is more efficient. I uh, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of funny because I mean I'm I'm enjoying how quick it is. I, I'm liking the lack of like vlogs. You know, like hi, I'm Peter. I'm shirtless in bed uh, in my hotel room today. I'm going to take the girls out on a ice cream tasting or whatever you know uh, yeah subscribe to my youtube channel or like this is my facebook live yeah insta story thing yeah I'm, I'm glad they got rid of that um but i don't like how like half the cast you don't even see like no no lexi no jasmine no deandra i actually saw jasmine in the rose ceremony and went who is that i don't know who that is i've never seen her say anything right i mean it's it's unfortunate maybe maybe she'll blossom in bachelor in paradise i don't know maybe i mean i i don't even understand why they've kept her around because she's had zero screen time whatsoever so yeah i'm it's it's mysterious anyway so I mean, definitely a straightforward kind of episode, so it's going to be a straightforward session with us here on the podcast. But before we get into uh, some points of discussion, we got a rapid recap to do. A rapid recap. Yeah, so let's talk about the key talking points from the episode in case you missed it. First and foremost, Alea, or Aloha, Aleo, Alea is literally a different person with no makeup on. Yeah, once again, I looked at her and went, "Who is that?" So, uh, that that that's Alea. That's oh the, right, oh yeah, she yeah. Just. The the main character of the episode, Victoria and Peter go on a date, and oh look, another plane. Victoria P has a nourishing side apparently, like a nice bowl of granola. There's a lot of bad 
vocabulary in this episode. That was the least. He was trying to say nurturing. I don't know. Maybe he was drunk. So next up, God speaks to Peter through astronomy, apparently. I just wonder if it was actually NBC's PSA telling him, the more you know. (laughs) What happens if Peter prays for a contestant and a black hole opens up? I think that means maybe. I don't know what the astronomy to Revelation conversion chart says, but um, I'll have to go back and check. Maybe it means go with Hannah Brown instead. Next up, um, newsflash, Alea is probably the new villain. I guess Kelsey had her moment in the sun already. Yeah, it it was a pretty abrupt switch. I mean, Kelsey all of a sudden was just like giving him sage advice and just completely glossed over. Oh, great. Demi's back with henchwomen, apparently, and giving everyone lingerie sets. Yes, there's definitely a moment in post when she says it right. So I don't know when that correction happened, but uh, I'm really glad they kept in lingerie. That was a little treat. Uh, we get an underwear fight in the same bar as the mud wrestling scene from Becca's season. Equal opportunity objectification. <laughs> uh, we can't have a competitive group date without Fred Willard. Hey, what happened? Uh, you may notice that Alea goes into a mouse-like register whenever she talks to Peter. Uh, I just think you're great, and we're great, and I just, you know, everyone... Uh. Yeah, she was definitely serving up some Cresta vibes with her vocal register change into a higher octave whenever Peter was around. We get more tattling, and Peter does not know how to handle it. This guy really, really wants to believe the best about all of these women, and it's just not working out for him very well. Uh, We get a pool party, and nobody's swimming. In their defense, they would have to completely clean up for the cocktail party later, so maybe they just didn't want to smell like chlorine. Peter spends that entire pool party being a private eye about Alea's character. Kind of hard to get to know all the girls when you're spending all your time interviewing them about one contestant. Yeah, although he did have a little forehead-to-forehead love scene from Lion King moment with, uh, (laughs) with Madison, so at least he squeezed that in there. The word real, that is definitely the theme for this week. Yeah, he even co-opted a little hand-based with uh, with saying raw and real. I was like, man, she really coined something there. We got to design a cocktail called raw and real just for them. Um, it could have eggs in it. Moving on to the ceremony, we get a big plot twist when Kelsey gets the first rose. Like I said, they just glossed over all that drama and uh, on to the next villain, I guess. Maybe Shan will be next week's villain. Who knows? Yeah, she seems pretty sinister. They, this season, they've just not even bothered to keep the crew out of the shot these days. Yeah, there's a lot of people just sort of hanging around in cargo shorts and baseball caps, (laughs) and they're just, you know, like, oh, am I in the show? Okay, I don't know. They just stopped trying. Uh, And finally, after watching McKenna implode for 20 minutes, we can all breathe a collective sigh of relief. Yeah, you could cut that tension that nobody else felt with a knife. <laughs> All right, so that is the, the grand takeaway from the episode. Let's get into some uh, noteworthy topics. So this episode, you know, there's not really much to it. You have um, a group. There's only one group date. They didn't even bother doing the group date with the other half of the crew that's what i'm saying it's lean and mean they're getting they're getting so minimalist about it although they're really filling it up with lots of she said she said by the seashore yeah (laughs) so there's there's plenty of drama but the actual action of uh what happens during the episode is is pretty minimal so there's really only two things to talk about there's the whole alaya thing which is not very fun and then there's the victoria p date 
uh, it, was, it was really funny. So you were saying while we're watching this last night how this the whole like California line dancing country culture how confusing it is it reminded me of where i'm from i'm from the wine country of southern california and there was a kind of a downtown area with a line dancing saloon and every friday and saturday night all the marines from fallbrook would come down and have like a hoot nanny uh, so that was kind Which of my is, that's my flashback of, of the whole episode but it's just so weird to me because i'm from the suburban area near nashville and we have honky tonks and people who actually play the music that you're dancing to right. are here and perf- writing and performing. And it's just, it's very much like an authentic part of the culture. So it seems very strange to me to see people who are in LA or right. even like San Diego or places where it's, it's very Hollywood and surfing and, you know, it's just not, it's not Southern at all. And seeing how they really, really latch on to this subculture. It just, I don't know. It just, it's not that it's a problem. It just feels a little inauthentic. I don't know. I, I saw way more line dancing in California than I ever did downtown in Nashville. Uh, so it was, it was, Well, and now it's like just a bunch of like bro country people having bachelorette parties and yeah even nashville is an authentic country anymore but it's, that's it's a digression it's, but it's kind of hard to do si do to florida georgia line you know yeah you're my kind of church <laughs> so um the only real noteworthy thing i mean do you have anything to say about the whole alea debacle or or finasco we'll we'll, we'll call finasco. it finasco <laughs> Did you any any finesse from the finasco? Uh, I mean, maybe it's a finale fiasco. Maybe I'm I'm getting it wrong. I, the I, etymology. I don't know. Like I, I don't even think that she was. Maybe I'm just a sucker, but like I I don't think she was fake. I think she's just like just a pageant girl who's just always on, and that is how she behaves around people. And the girls just don't read her the right way, or are well, making a bigger deal than they need to. Just because you don't like somebody doesn't mean they're being fake. That could be their real personality, and you just don't like it. I think that's the case. I mean, Sydney clearly doesn't like her, but that doesn't mean she's being fake. She is being sincerely just sort of shallow, maybe. I I mean, it's not... She's accusing her of the wrong thing, but I think that Sydney knows whether it's, it's a calculated move or whether it's just her sort of absorbing the language of the show and the the mentality of the show by osmosis or whatever um or by producer suggestion we can't right. ever count that out right. um she seems to have tapped into this idea of like the worst thing you can be is artificial and the worst thing you can be is somebody who says one thing around the girls when the cameras are off and then says another thing around Peter or around the lead when the cameras are on, that's like this huge offense. And so she may not even be seeing that accurately, but she may be just, she may have just decided that that's what was going on because on some level consciously or unconsciously, she knows that that's going to get Alea who she, whom she dislikes out of there. Um, because Peter is going to call her character into question if that's suggested about her. Well, it was weird because like the the scenes that they showed to kind of like reinforce Sydney's view on Alea 
was Alea sitting on the kitchen island being like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm a pageant girl, but I don't I don't care. Like like that Yeah, she's t- just being kinda silly. That to me communicates that she's quote unquote raw and real, not fake. I, I don't I don't I just didn't see it. It was it was kinda I know, strange. they were like Sydney was like, You're always just so so perfect and you just put up this front and you always know the right thing to say. I'm like, Well when she was being like captain morgan on the booze cruise in the kitchen she didn't seem right she didn't seem very perfect and poised so yeah she she didn't really have quite a quite a coherent um argument there based on based on the receipts from what we saw in the kitchen which i mean you, you see this happen where sydney just kind of loses steam because she she when she confronted alaya at the group date and called her fake Alaya just kind of let her keep talking, and she mm-hmm. she started to kind of like, uh, like I don't know what to do. <laughs> but yeah, who knows? I mean, who knows what he likes? I don't know. We'll yeah, just, and she just kind of <laughs> so funny. sputtered to a halt. It was actually pretty funny. Um, I really enjoyed it. Like it kind of it kind of gave me some some Alea points in my book. I was actually like, oh, she's actually kind of cool. Yeah, she kind of just narrows her eyes at her, and it's just like, hmm, keep going. <laughs> so, so, so I don't. So I don't know. I think it, it's kind of weird. Like. I know you mentioned like it kind of reminds you of Crystal, like the way she kind of turns on the charm or changes her vocal affect. But somehow the show wants me to not like her, or to think she's the new Jed or the new Luke P. And I, I, it's not, it's not hitting it for me. I think she's actually kind of funny and kind of fun to watch, and also a little exhausting. Like when she's like ranting at the pool about how raw and real she is, and McKenna is just rolling her eyes, just like, yeah, get me out of here. Uh, that, that I, I do. She's a lot, but I don't, I don't like hate her like I'm supposed to. Apparently, yeah, I did appreciate that uh, that confrontation, and and I I don't want it to like get by without commenting on the fact that Sydney, you know, she she doesn't have pure motives, and she definitely did manipulate the situation and manipulate. Like she put words in uh, Alea's mouth. I mean, she said she starts out by saying, you know, is this. Is this well? First of all, she starts out by kind of like indirectly insulting her and saying like, "Do you work?" <laughs> and um, that, that was weird. That was, then very, that was like, very catty. And she's like, "Oh, I just know like some people are just about being Miss whatever." And she said, "Oh yeah, well, you know, if you're Miss USA, like you have to quit your job, but I I have three jobs and and um and then she says like, "Is this just who you are now?" And she's like, "Yeah, I mean, I I definitely have learned to." you know, not say if I, if I don't like somebody or if right, somebody, to... somebody asks me a question that I don't want to answer, answering it without answering it. And it was actually kind of interesting yeah, she to hear to her. Di- diplomatic. Yeah. It, it was actually kind of interesting to hear her describe what that's like, but that doesn't mean that she's an artificial person. It just means that she has that skill set. And I right. think that's kind of what she was saying. But Sydney then took that and said, yeah, you are always just perfect and like you put up this front and it's it's just not really who you are and and peter doesn't want that and it was like whoa okay well it's also weird like like for sitting to say that and basically say you need to be behaving a certain way because like most of the girls with the exception of two of them are on like first first and a half second date status like why why are you expected to be like like all all guards down now like they're still figuring out if they even click like why is Alea expected to behave a certain way now well i think it's because of i forget who it was who talked about this it may have been becca 
there was somebody who talked about when you are a contestant and not the lead, you have to kind of date in reverse. You have to start out by being like way more vulnerable and intimate with this person you barely know. Uh Like by saying like, here's all my sad backstory. Here's all my like big fears. Here are my insecurities. And also I'm in love with you or I'm falling in love with you or I love you like immediately. Right. And then you kind of work backwards and you, then it's like, now let's get to know each other. And even for the people who work out, they, they don't know each other outside of this bubble. And so that's often why it doesn't last or why it's just really even if it does last it's really weird as soon as they come out of the bubble and they have to get to know that person and know their friends and their job is is becca still with what's his face garrett i think so okay and um but it's it's a weird setup they have to start out with this self-assured um just really really intense devotion to this person and and this this candor that is kind of hard to lead with when you know you don't you don't know where you stand you don't know how they feel about you i mean it's really on the contestant to bring all of the confidence and all of the um the reassurance that they need because they're not going to get it from the lead well unless it's peter because apparently he's really really into everybody and it's he's (laughs) kind of weird he he is very generous and I mean, I think another lead like Ari or Nick or maybe even Colson would have kicked Kelsey to the curb like right away when she was melting down last week. Um, he's he's very generous to them. I, I will say this, though. Like, Alea shoots herself in the foot because she's always using like first job interview language with him all the time. Like, yes, I, I am uh, a, a great team player. And yes, I am very self-motivated. And yes, I can see my, my five-year plan. I, I, I mean, I'm exaggerating. but What you know are I'm my saying. weaknesses? I work too hard. I care too much. And sometimes I don't take care of myself uh, at the expense of... The company. <laughs> the company, yeah. yeah. The company, the, customers, the customer comes first. Yeah, it's just... I mean, I would find that exhausting after a while. So, I mean, I... I don't know. I sympathize with her a little bit. I'm really curious what's going to happen next week if she does come back or if it's just a big tease. This season loves to harp on all this drama and then the very next episode kind of like, beep. I mean, like the Hannah B thing was done in the first five minutes of the second episode and they left you thinking it's going to color the entire season. And they're really into behind the scenes, like producer conversations we got another one with peter with the producer being like i just don't know i just i don't know they're they're really into these behind the scenes conversations apparently ben higgins season which honestly was not that long ago he had uh a parasite for 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 his whole season or at least the whole beginning of his season he lost a bunch of weight um and i would be curious to go back and watch it and actually watch the progression of him losing weight throughout the season because apparently it was pretty dramatic but he had a parasite from going to honduras on a missions trip before the season filmed and there were moments where they were framing it like it was this big dramatic like ben knows what he wants to do he's canceled the cocktail party and we're just going to go straight into the rose ceremony. And it, and what was really going on is that he had diarrhea and was like lying on the floor going, I can't go out there, guys. I don't feel good. And bless his heart. I mean, that's that's rough. But I'm just saying, like, now it, there's so much more of a, an emphasis on, like, 
the behind the scenes right you know showing showing this the stuff that's that's going on the the deliberations and all that kind of thing um instead of making it seem much more slick and produced and what they want to show you i think this really speaks to the the influence of the current social media you know environment yeah like, it's all transparent all the time it's like if i have a thought or a feeling i'm going to share it and then mm-hmm. yeah and then get on with the thing that i meant to present we're all just being more we're all just, we're all just being more raw and real so right out of the gate a lot going on in the bingo department uh right as soon as the episode starts we got three squares crossed off at the same time that's crying gossiping and cussing literally in the first scene when hannah ann is talking to tasha about the whole chexit situation uh, i.e being a champagne stealer dancing line dancing in the boot store during the vic p date and uh this date as an aside looked like a nightmare to me i would hate it so much but congratulations to victoria p on getting a really uh valuable date gift boots are expensive so you know sometimes they're getting like ice cream or something so she did well all right next up is making out of course that's victoria p and peter on said expensive date verbal clash hannah and kelsey uh, arguing over the champagne debacle uh, this is great. Misusing vocabulary. During that said clash, Hannah Ann calls it a finasco. I think that means a mistake just happened and it tastes vinegary and spicy. Uh, the word connection. Victoria F. asks, why don't we focus on our connection instead of all this drama? Contestant talks about family. That's Victoria P. talking about her mom's addiction growing up on that date. Wearing a costume. We'll count all the lingerie and tiaras in the group date. The word vulnerable. Alea talking about Peter to Kelly. The term for the right reasons. Peter talking about Hannah Brown and Luke P. The word blindside. Alea uses this term many, many times throughout the whole debacle that is the second half of the episode. And we'll count this blurred out body part. All the mouths being covered during all the cussing that happens in this episode. And that's the entire bingo session for the episode. Let us know how you did. Uh, give us a comment. Send us a photo on Instagram. And we'll congratulate you. So rewinding to the that date with Victoria P. and, and Peter, there's just one kind of weird cultural thing I caught that I thought was odd. We, we talked about this a bit the last season, so I don't want to be a broken record about it, but the word deserve came up a lot. The word like being worthy came up a lot. So Victoria P is talking to Peter about her, her family history, which is pretty harrowing. And and, I mean, I, I really do sympathize with her. Her father died. Her mother kind of went off the rails and got into addiction. And she and her sister were, I think, I think separated by, from her mom. Her sister fell into addiction as well, and she's basically holding the whole family together uh, while the other two ladies are, are kind of imploding, and that's kind of a part of her story. But 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 where, I mean that, that that's that's legitimate and that's really tough. But then what gets confusing is that she says like I never feel like I was worthy of love, which is weird because she's being like the most like selfless person the entire time. And then Peter 
is constantly saying, you know, in their like fireworks make out moment, like you are worthy and, and you're so great. And she's like, she says in an ITM, like maybe this can be the, the love I've, I'm finally worthy to have. And so this whole language of like worthy and deserve and worthy and deserve. And yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't help but think, girl, this is probably not the reward you're looking for (laughs) like i think you could probably do better than this um than this situation where you're competing with a bunch of people for the love of one person um at your own expense for my entertainment because i i don't know if anybody has told her this but you're really not supposed to compete to win love in the first place right it's not really it's not really how it works so um yeah, I, I I thought like you're actually pretty lovely. I think you could probably do better than vying for the attention of a man uh, who has twenty nine other women on his on his mind. I I just get really hung up with the the whole language of like deserving. It it, it gets thrown around a lot. You know, every time I watch Queer Eye, it gets thrown around a lot. Um, whenever I watch this show, it's like this idea of deserving love, being worthy of love, and the question then becomes like. If you're if you are seeing it in terms of like being worthy or deserving, love becomes this weird abstraction. Like I'm going to receive this thing that I finally earned, but it has to be given to you by something or someone. So like when you say I deserve love, the question becomes from who? From Peter? From that guy at the office I've always had a crush on? Like like how? when you think of it that way, it becomes very odd. I, I, I've had a conversation with a, with a coworker last week who was saying he, he was saying about something that he, uh, regarding a, a kind of life that he wanted or something. He said, like, I never, I don't feel like I deserve that, or I don't deserve to have the health that I want or that kind of thing. And it was a really profound thing for him to admit. But I told him this, I don't think anyone deserves anything. Uh, which is kind of a kind of a ass backwards claim compared to where we are as a culture right now. If you don't see things in terms of whether you deserve them or not, everything you have is a gift. Like, yeah, I was just gonna say, like, love is a gift. It's not something. I mean, right. any gift you get, it's not because you deserve it or because you've somehow earned it. It's because someone cares about you and wants to give it to you. So, yeah, it's it's just a. They're working in the wrong paradigm. If I were, if I were to say to you, you know, as my wife, like, 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 I have your love because I deserve your love. Like, think of what kind of weird expectations that puts on you. Or yeah, you, is there going to be a point where you don't deserve it because of some behavior that you, or you know, yeah, if I some if, way of thinking and if I deserve it now or, or earned it now, can I lose that later on? Like, and how crazy would that make me? internally like oh no i'm gonna lose your love or why are you withholding love i deserve love it's 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 if you actually follow it it becomes a commodity in that way instead of something that's just a gift that you enjoy and experience and are not constantly like measuring your your worthiness of it that's that's it just sounds really unnecessarily stressful too yeah, that's my that's my big crazy hot take for the week is Victoria P as wonderful and pretty and admirable as she is doesn't deserve anything. She doesn't deserve love. Should she have love? Should she find a partner that you know makes her feel 
secure and loved and and fulfilled and and cherished and of course but not because she deserved it because it would be a good thing for her to have not because she has earned it and that goes for the other contestants as well and for peter yeah it's really great when people can experience that good gift not because they did everything right because if we were waiting for us all to do the right thing we would never get it you hear that listeners you don't deserve love. <laughs> <That's your laughs> Heard it here first. <laughs> uh, good luck with that. Uh, well, that's all I got. you have anything else to say? Um, a couple things from outside of the show itself um, that I wanted to bring up. One is Victoria F. That's Boo. That's Boo. Apparently modeled for a you know well first of all she has modeled in the past so all this like boohooing about like you know i'm never oh. gonna be like as good as as the the model well she's a model too so Twist. um so she <laughs> so when she was rocking the runway um and hannah ann won she was doing so with modeling experience so you know it's a little a little less impressive that she did as well as she did um, but but what she modeled for was a charity whose mission was to protect white marlins in Florida. Okay. And yeah, and their tagline because they're white marlins <laughs> was "White Lives Matter." Awesome. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> um. Just wanted to paint a picture for you about the great choices that Victoria F. has made. Because that's definitely the kind of topic you can, you know, joke about with tongue-in-cheek these days, you know. And that will definitely not show up on your Instagram and make everybody mad. And nobody will take it out of context. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, taken out of context or not, it's pretty tacky. Um, But anyway, so that's Boo, Victoria. That's Boo. Good. <laughs> Can we start just calling her Boo instead of Vic Vic F? Let's just give everybody, everybody. Let's just give everybody nicknames. Well, you're the only one who calls her Vic anyway. That's that's a guy's name. It's <laughs> my grandpa's name, actually. Uh, yeah. So anyway, there's just um, a lot of syllables in Victoria, and I'm tired. And the other thing I wanted to mention is Rachel Lindsay has been weighing in on all kinds of stuff. I guess if you're you're the bachelorette once you get to be a bachelor commentator in I mean, per- in perpetuity i suppose she she is bachelor royalty for she sure. is a little judgmental though i will say i liked her as the bachelorette but in in the uh the wake of her season she has been pretty pretty hard on people but Yikes. anyway so her criticism of peter was that and i just found this interesting she said he's falling in love with everybody too much she said, it's too early. You shouldn't be so upset about letting people, um, mm. like cutting people. You know, she said, I, I didn't know people at this stage. I, I had no problem sending them home. And so she was just critical of the fact that he seems really attached. And she thinks that he's not going to be able to handle um, going mm. through the season because she's like, he's going to end up in love with like six people. I think I think she's probably right. He He's a very heart on his sleeve kind of guy. Like he's... He's he's very much a hopeless romantic, and it's really endearing, actually. But um, I just wondered, yeah, I, I wondered what you thought about that because I I think I think Rachel's spot on. I think he's going to be a complete mess by about halfway through. I mean, if anything, 
if you know just the the flash forwards of his mom being like can't bring her back to us don't let her go yeah i <laughs> it, i really wish he would like draw read read boundaries and just <laughs> yeah. draw up some hey, hey mom i like i'm just gonna take care of this for a second i love you but <laughs> this is my show <laughs> but, but if but if that's any indication he's gonna be a complete mess by about by about week six so she did really seem to like madison i think she wants a daughter uh, well but but i so i think rachel is spot on but i i do i will say I like watching Peter be a hopeless romantic. It's it's fun to watch. Well, and speaking of Madison, she said that he should go for Madison because he seems to really have a good, strong connection with her and that she seems to be a sweet girl who is not very dramatic, which I, I'll, I'll agree with. She does seem that way. And um, that he appears to prefer women who are kind of feisty, like a Hannah B or a Hannah Ann, which... I had a qu- I, I question because to me Hannah Ann does not seem feisty. She really sort of demonstrates the emotional palette of like a great white shark. Uh-huh. You know, just sort of dead in the eyes and cool. Um, but, but she's not a champagne stealer. Let's make that. She is. If if we have learned anything, that woman is not. A champagne stealer. She's a champagne shaker. It's different. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I don't see feisty from her as much as like cold-blooded murderer um, in her beautiful blank blue eyes. But, uh, you know, I mean, I could be reading it wrong. But uh, yeah, so Rachel Lindsay thinks go with Madison, not with a more volatile personality. So we'll see, we'll see, you know, if he, he can break that, uh, that tendency of his to go for a little bit of cuckoo. So is that your, uh, your prediction for the season that Madison takes at home? I don't know. Um, she's definitely in the final four. She definitely is, but we'll just have to wait and see. Sometimes there is a, a really promising person early on and then some dark horse moves into position later on i mean with colton season we definitely saw that i mean hannah hannah g was Mm -hmm. very much a strong contender all the way through and cassie was sort of in the background and we found out later that's because colton discovered that if you talk too much about a contestant they'll try to get rid of her Mm -hmm. so um that's kind of some some little dark truman show kind of I was say, it's, it's like a truman show <laughs> truman show stuff happening um with the producers but um yeah i don't know if peter is aware of that and if he if he is he may keep somebody he's really interested in kind of on the back burner um if he's mm-hmm. smart he doesn't seem subtle and conniving enough to th- have thought that through well and like rachel pointed out he is prone to be really really into lots of people so yeah maybe, I, get, I think every elimination maybe, will be hard for maybe him maybe it's a strategy just to keep the producers guessing it's actually not a bad idea because if he's super duper into everybody then you know they don't know where to to aim yeah well well i guess we'll find out next week uh if alaya comes back for good if, or if she just comes back uh to rattle everyone's cage for about 30 seconds and then move on uh we'll find out until then be sure to follow us on instagram at cheers to that pod and 
be sure to get a brand new bingo card for next week on today's show notes. Uh, And of course, enjoy the aviation cocktail recipe while you're there. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.